Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we talk about Recently Watched, which we try not to spoil. And uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find their music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And we are not professional critics. No, we're just your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Greetings, my friends. Yes. So, guys, let's just jump right into Recently Watched or Recently Read. You know, we're kind of intellectuals here. We're literates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went to the library. <laughs> yes. Got me one of them books. Hanging out with the illiterati? Yeah. <laughs> uh so, who wants to start? Uh, well, I haven't watched much. Uh, Silicon Valley. How do you like it? I like it. I'm up to season three. Oh, so you've seen how they're failing upward. Uh-huh. It's so fantastic. I, I had no idea if I would like this. I think I watched the first episode and didn't know. And uh, Yeah. You know, like if I was... Eh, I just didn't didn't stay, stick with it. And then... Uh, a young woman at work a couple of years ago said, no, you need to watch this. Just go back and jump into it. And I did. And she was right. Yeah. Loved it. So have you gotten to the part where Dinesh is in charge? No. Oh, you just wait. Oh, man. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. Just imagine right. imagine how he takes the mantle of, you know, oh running, a, running a company. Yeah. Any one of those people running a company. Oh, yeah. Who's your favorite character? Uh, probably Ehrlich. Is Gilfoyle your second favorite? Uh, actually, because <laughs> I really like Zach Woods. I like uh, Jared. Okay. Or OJ or Donald or whatever you want to call him. Right. Um, I don't think his character is great on this show, uh, but I still I like that actor. <clears throat> He's got a great, like, it's not even deadpan. It's like a positive, upbeat delivery for really dark jokes. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy that. He's on, uh, oh, what is the show? Avenue 5. Have you seen that? It's no. on HBO. It's about a space cruiser traveling to, I think, Jupiter and back or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's in the not-too-distant future, and Hugh Laurie is the uh, ship's captain. Oh, good. Um, and it's a luxury liner. Now, is he playing an American, or has he got his accent? 
you have to watch. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> uh, he is fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, I highly recommend it. I hope they get a second season. They, uh, they make a slight miscalculation, and so they're thrown off orbit. So it's that originally going to be, I don't know, a six-month journey or something like that. A three-hour tour. A three-hour <laughs> tour has now become like three years before they can get back to Earth because they've thrown themselves off because I won't go into all of it. but uh, I like it already. There is a scene later in the in the season there's only one season where people start throwing themselves out the airlock willingly and i thought this is fucking ridiculous and then covid happened and it was like oh my god this is exactly where we are (laughs) i saw a saturday night live recently where they replayed an old one Mm -hmm. and it was from 2020 i think but there's a sketch in it where they, this group of people go to a fortune teller in 2019 and she, and they want to know what's going to happen in the next oh. year. Oh, yeah. And she's saying, oh, you will be doing coloring books on your couch. That <laughs> 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 is so good. Yeah. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, that, that one's good. I saw that too. Um, That's about it for me. Uh, I finished up vice principles so all two or three seasons what was it two seasons two seasons i think two seasons is about enough yeah you know um that one i don't know much like the uh, righteous gemstones which is the same group of people um i feel like they used up all their good material in the first season and the second season's got good bits but not as good all the way through mm. kind of like oh well i don't know if you'd say uh you know a uh, victim of their own popularity like hbo goes oh that was that was a hot show everybody liked that do another season right right you're not gonna turn down the money right no sometimes come up with a second season <laughs> yeah sometimes it's like uh let's just ride the gravy train until the wheels come off yeah like the walking dead like you don't need to be in 23 seasons or whatever they're into. Is that now. still going? Yeah. I think it's 11 seasons. I'm exaggerating a little, but yeah. Well, the, wow. I mean, if you count all the spinoffs, then there's been Ugh. four or five of them now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. There's not that much to say about <laughs> this particular subject. Oh, zombies. Yeah. I think we've plumbed <laughs> the depths of what up with Have zombies. Have they explored how people are the real monsters? <laughs> Mm, I, it's all about consumerism. Yeah, I think that was in season one. Because <laughs> you know, people yeah. are the real monsters. Yeah, and consumerism is the evil, and that's been said. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what else? Is that it? That's about it. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. Jolien, what about you? Uh, we've been watching the sumo. Um, that's the, the grand championship. Yeah, it's just about wrapping up the new uh, tournament. Um, so we've just got the finale to go. Um, let's see. I, I, I watched a couple of movies actually because um, what? Yeah, I. <laughs> uh, 
the uh, I have to depend on the layout guy yeah. getting things done so that I can work from the layouts. I can't do anything if he. If but he's not. So sometimes he'll he'll miss a deadline and then I'm stuck for a day. Ooh. And uh, so I, I got to watch some movies. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what did you watch? Silver Lining. Well, uh, I watched a musical called You Light Up My Life, which is based around that one song from the late 70s mm. and takes place in Los Angeles. And this is quite ironic because the, the whole message of the movie is uh, self-determination and just going out there and doing what you want to do. But it's, uh, so it's performed by an actor who mimes the actual song um, and it's written and directed, well, scored and directed by the the guy who wrote the song. And, uh, yeah, all the songs apart from that one suck. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this peculiar sort of uh, exercise, but uh, it's very well performed. And um, it's got uh, oh, Joel Silver from uh, Shivers is mm, okay. the dad. And mm. he, he's, he's this comedian on the board circuit and uh, there's this ventriloquist doll act and it's very cringeworthy. <laughs> wow, is this a new movie or? No, no, no this, this is from when the song came out. It's like Oh, okay, I was going to say. Um, but it's, it's a good uh, time capsule. Yeah. Late 70s Los Angeles. It's oh, nice. Lots of recognizable landmarks in it. Oh, man. And oh, there's some shirts in it. Just deafening. <laughs> Oh man! There's this, there's this sound engineer who's got this shirt that's so loud he's got sideburns on just to protect his ears. <laughs> man! <laughs> oh, the polyester shirts with the big crazy collars. Oh, it's like <clears throat> all these like reds and patterns on it. It's, it's amazing. Oh man! Um, anyway, uh, so, and I watched um, Love on the Run, which is one of Francois Truffaut's. Antoine Duanel films, you know, made a bunch of films about this character who's basically himself. Mm. But he starts off with 400 Blows, which is, is Antoine as a kid. And it's the same actor growing up through various movies. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's really, really good. It, it's uh, very funny and it dips in and out of the previous movies mm. and fact and fiction and so on. But it's all very clearly done and... Um, you know, it's very funny, but you know, it's got that edge of things could go really terribly wrong at any given second. You know, you don't know mm. what's going to happen. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that was good. Um, and I finished reading Nightmare of Ecstasy, the uh, Edward, Edward book. Yeah, so it's a collection of um, quotes from the people who knew him and himself, and excerpts from his books and screenplays and things, all brought together and. Um, basically around the movies and the progression of his life and so on. So, um, it's very depressing in the last few yeah, chapters. It's a, it's a sad end for Mr. Wood. Uh, if, uh, um, if half those stories are true about him and Tor Johnson, it's, uh, it's very dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll never see Tor Johnson in the same light again. Oh, man. You've yeah. not read it yet, right? No, not no, yet. No, no. Oh, Will, Will brought it... Yeah, Will brought it in. Yeah, Tor Johnson's Adventures in India, something that I don't think even Drew Friedman's done a comic about those. Ooh, 
Oh, man, I don't know if someone could even publish that. No. <laughs> yeah, Drew Friedman made some really interesting uh, scenarios for all the characters from Ed Wood's world. Yeah, he did several Tor Johnson yeah. stories, but yeah. Yeah, Will handed the book off to me, so now I'm going to read it. What else is on the list? Um, that's all I've seen. Oh, okay. Have you read anything else good? Uh, yeah, I'm reading the... Uh, Early Thor comics. Oh, wow. Jack Kirby stuff. Um, and I'm reading the uh, Elric Saga by Michael Moorcock. Okay. Which is fantastic. Yeah. I love those. Cool. Um, as for me, uh, I, I've i watched more lately than I thought I had, because I, I, I'll probably leave a couple of them out. Um like I didn't get all the way through <clears throat> for anyone who's a uh, fan of the big Lebowski, you would think automatically you would just pounce on, uh, the Jesus rolls. I mm. don't know if you're familiar that such yeah. a, such a thing happened. Um, I, I appreciate that John Turturro gave the Jesus character in the big Lebowski, his, his personality and his mannerisms and everything. Those were all Turturro's work. Wow. Um, this is great to give that character his own movie and have it not really have anywhere to go or anything specific to do, um, makes it sort of a meandering thing that I'm not sure in the last 20 or 30 minutes I've got left on it, that it's going to really just surprise me and, you know, pull out of the, uh, the meandering holy shit that was all worth it <laughs> right yeah that twist at the end yeah um um yeah so i i can't say anything definitive about it except so far mm, not loving it and uh i am a very big fan of the big lebowski well <clears throat> i think the fact that i too am a big fan of the big lebowski and promptly forgot about that the movie existed? That this second movie existed? Yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> oh, well. At, at least they tried. You know, I can say that. Yeah. Give them, give them props for putting all that effort into it. And it it, it had a, uh, I think, production date of 2017, but it wasn't released until last year. That means hmm. Hmm, something was up. Like, maybe there wasn't confidence for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and I'm scrolling through, uh, some of the different streaming platforms. And by the way, Netflix, you are on notice. If you pull some crap where you don't want to let us use the multiple profiles in different locations, that's it. You know, we're, we're going to just put you, you know, on. somebody will figure a way around it. Maybe, but here's the thing is the fact that they're trying to nickel and dime people who, you know, they've already raised their prices and everything. Yeah. No, thanks. True. I don't understand how they're going to know. I mean, they're going off your IP address, but if you yeah. just spoof your IP address, how do they know? For the, for the, I, I mean, for the average person, they're not going to go through that. Right. But, um, yeah, for what's going on? Oh, they're they're saying that. Um, well, uh, the word around the campfire is that Netflix is looking into uh, stopping people from using their five profiles 
that you get with your membership in different locations, different households, different parts of the country, whatever. And I kind of feel like it's none of their business unless they made it their business in the first place, but to try and change it after you've been using it that way. Um, you know, that's basically saying like, well, you know, if you've got, you know, your family of four or five people under one roof, then fine. But if somebody goes off to college or you decide you want to let a friend use a profile, well, if, if it's been established that that's the way it works, and you try to change it and say, nope, you can't do that anymore unless we charge you more money. Well, for your 18 or 20 bucks a month, you could say, well, I could divvy that up into three different streaming platforms. Yeah. Uh, I pay, what, six bucks a month for Shudder, and I'm happy with Shudder. And uh, they don't care where you sign on from. Yeah. When they start making it a problem, then we'll have to consider that too. But... That was a tangent, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so looking through some other platforms, um, and you know, like I did, I did finish watching um, brand new cherry flavor on Netflix and, uh, it's, I don't know, man, it's weird. It's just so weird. They made a lot of choices there, but, uh, I will say I was entertained. So there was that, um, I found something called dare to be different. Um, this one is about, um, it's called new wave dare to be different. And this is about a radio station from, I think long Island called W L I R. And they were groundbreaking, um, radio station in finding new wave acts and promoting them. You know, they, they were bringing acts like the cure and Depeche mode and all of these, bands that had no radio stations to play them. They brought it to the U S and, and broke these bands big. And then other stations kind of jumped on and would start playing their records. And the, the celebrity interviews that were just like, yeah, this station was a big deal. You know, they really made our careers in the United States, uh, just a laundry list of who's who in new wave. And, uh, it's just kind of, you know, fun nostalgia to watch it. This was released in 2017. And uh, let me see if there's a list of who all's in it. Um, well, let's see. U2, Talking Heads, Depeche Mode, Blondie, Duran Duran, Tears for Fears, The Clash, The Cure, so on and so forth. And just different members from all these different bands and uh, people in, in the record business. And they couldn't say enough good things about this station. And of course, there's some, you know, corporate stuff that happened. And then, you know, the FCC seems like maybe they're a little crooked too uh, because the station ended up not being able to survive for reasons that weren't to do with popularity. Mm. So uh, that's, that's a good one. If you're feeling like you want to know what was going on back in the early eighties with music, I did watch apocalypse now redux, which uh, my understanding, the redo, the, the redo. <laughs> yeah. where the, Director goes back and just cuts from the original yeah, and just does a brand new edit. Uh-huh. And after watching it, I, I saw that it was like, oh, it kind of messes up the pacing. I'm like, hmm, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think the theatrical cut moved along better. I think you should only be able to do that <clears throat> if you completely change the movie. Like now it's a comedy. 
Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> now it's a musical. Right. Just, you know, it's got to be completely different. Whoops, Apocalypse Now. Whoops, Apocalypse Now. <laughs> I like it, yeah. <laughs> I think they're uh, coming out with a new restoration of Star Trek, the motion picture, where they've uh, bumped up the special, special effects again. Oh, my God. Stop it. <laughs> but just stop I it. love it. I, I, I'll go and see it. You're okay with that? Yeah, yeah. Like when they made the Death Star blow up better? Yeah. You're no. okay with that kind of thing? Yeah, I don't like the um, the when they kept tinkering with Star Wars and they stuck in CG Jabba the Hutt and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, Terrible. man, that was awful. Yeah. And uh, Han not shooting first. Oh, yeah. Mm, man, you want to piss off the nerds? There you have it. Um, I will say, go back and watch Apocalypse Now. You don't need the Redux. Watch the original. Mm-hmm. But uh, what a what a cast! Mm-hmm. Oh my, you know Marlon Brando, Robert Duvall, Martin Sheen, um, a young Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Very young. Yeah, he was fourteen. <laughs> He's, no, I'm serious. Oh, was he? Yeah, he he's lied. Pl- he's, he's playing like a 17-year-old, right? He said he was like 17 <clears throat> or 18, but he was actually 14, I believe. Damn. Uh, <clears throat> there's a movie on the making of Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. That maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe better than Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I would rather watch the making of again. Than, yeah, it's, it's the same journey. Uh-huh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic because it's, yeah, it's so meta in a way <laughs> like that one uh the one about uh richard stanley about the uh-huh yeah the making of uh hey wait a minute island of lost souls. yeah island of lost uh, souls Dr. Moreau, sorry. yeah but the but the documentary is called island of lost souls mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i think it's you know 10 times better than island of dr moreau Ooh. and brando's in that too yes <laughs> oh my god yeah you're <laughs> isn't right. that funny um so yeah it, it it was good to revisit it. Um, it is weird though, you know, like I noticed, you know how like a lot of people when they do, you know, an, an imitation of James Cagney, they say that line that he never said, mm-hmm. you know, you dirty rat or whatever. Uh, the, um, the, the sergeant or whatever, the, the, the surfing enthusiast, mm-hmm. he does not say, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory. He doesn't say that. There's like this whole protracted thing that he says in between those two statements. Yeah. So no, that's not the quote. So that's another movie misquote. But uh, yeah, terrific rewatch. It's beautiful. Is there any movie quote out there that anybody gets right? Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's a single one that's, you know. Accurate? Usually. Maybe the force be, be with you. <laughs> it's not what he actually says. <laughs> Um, so I, I go with the force. I, yeah. What is it again? <laughs> right. He says, Luke, I am your father. And Luke goes, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> your jaw will drop. It was very clickbait. Um, and I realized for as many times as I've seen the poster or references to, I have never watched empire records. Now I know why. Because it stinks? It's a terrible movie that doesn't... I worked in two different record stores. One of them independent, one of them corporate. I worked at a music land. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did. Back in the late 80s, early 90s. Man, I haven't thought of music land in 
decades. Yeah, Musicland, Sam Goody, and Suncoast were all the same company. Uh-huh. And uh, every mall had one or two of the stores. I think the Las Cruces Mall had Sam Goody, um, Suncoast, and... And Musicland? And Musicland. All. All, Weird. all at different points in the mall. And, like, Suncoast carried only videos. Yeah. And then the other two, you know, were basically the same store. They're totally the same One of them had more posters and more gigas and tchotchkes. Spencer's Gifts kind Kind of of stuff. Yeah. 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 It's weird, though. Landfill. Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Future Landfill. (laughs) Future Landfill. That should be the name of the shop. (laughs) That's a great name for a thrift shop. Future Landfill. Yeah. Past Landfill. I don't know. Um, So this one, I kind of feel like... uh, you know, uh, someone trying to make the craft got it wrong the first time and then said, you know, I'm going to make the craft. I only say that um, because... Are you talking uh, about Empire Records? Yeah, yeah. Because Robin Tunney is in it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, because she had to wear a wig for the craft because she, she shaved, shaved her, her head, head in this movie. Yeah. Shaved her head for this movie? <laughs> Are you serious? Well, you don't know when you're an actor how, uh, how it's going to turn out. Yeah, you're looking around and you're just seeing the parts. You don't know what it's going to look like assembled. Well, it assembles into something that, first of all, okay, I worked, like I was saying, I worked in two music stores and a video rental shop. Uh, There was always something to do. There wasn't a whole lot of five of the seven employees hanging around in the back room doing something stupid or going up on the roof or whatever else they were doing. Um, No, they were, you know. Did you not feel that this movie was a cash in on clerks i kind of feel like maybe it was because it came out like a year or two later came out like a year <clears throat> later and had that same vibe but totally missed the mark yeah or it wanted to go for that same vibe but there wasn't enough of an adversarial attitude toward the uh customer yeah uh, which i think they did get right in high fidelity the john cusack one yeah they were they were, they were very, uh, oh, what's the word? Well, adversarial is not a strong enough word for how they were toward their, uh, their customers. customers. Yeah. But, yeah. Wouldn't it be a great job if it wasn't for all the fucking customers? So. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, this one's just not great. And, and, uh, it took me to read the credits to realize that guy wasn't a Baldwin that plays the manager, Joe. I don't even remember him. I just remember... Anthony uh, Lapaglia? Lapaglia. Oh yeah. The I just remember what's her name shaved her head. Yeah. Robin Tunney. Um so yeah, it's not great. I liked Rory uh Cochrane's character. Rory Calhoun's character. <laughs> <laughs> Different guy. Um but he played a hipster <laughs> record store employee <laughs> well into his seventies. Uh I can't believe this thing had a budget of ten million dollars. Yeah. Because what did they do with that money? Licensing. And oh, for the songs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember of, this was a a movie that would uh really push the soundtrack. Yeah. I think harder than the movie. Yeah, the soundtrack was uh yeah, it was kind of a I think singles had come out and that had been a real hot soundtrack. Yeah. And a couple others, you know, had come out and they're like, oh, soundtracks. Yeah. And clerks and the soundtrack. And 
and we'll get someone to shave their head and and it just didn't work. <laughs> it's exactly 90 minutes long. Which Oh, well, okay. I take it all back. <laughs> okay. Full Perfect movie. Um, oh, I've never seen it. Okay. Well, don't. Um, I watched it exactly once. I think when it came out on video, I don't remember a single thing about it. Because it doesn't do anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. I just any- remember thinking, this wants to be Clerks. And it isn't. And it's not Clerks. But on a $10 million budget, it made 303 almost $304 million in the United States. That's a lot of money for a movie that doesn't do anything. Surprised they didn't make a sequel. Yeah. Um, the, the soundtrack includes, and I'll just rattle this off for you, Gin Blossoms, The Cranberries, uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Better Than Ezra, Cracker, um, Wow. Evan Dando. I mean, the, that. <laughs> wow. I never want to see this movie. <laughs> right. Or hear it. Um, <laughs> I'd listen to Cracker and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think I still have Kerosene Hat. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and there were other songs in the movie that were uh, that were used, but not on the soundtrack. Um, like they had. Okay. Jolien, they had Guar. You might be happy to know. Daniel Johnston. Not really. No, you're not happy to hear about Guar. Um, suicidal fun, tendencies, fun buggles. To watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guar is not something to listen to. As long as you don't have to listen to them, they're fun. Uh, yeah, they had Sponge, the Buggles. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that was on there. But anyway, enough about that. Um, you watched another documentary, I believe. Oh, you mean Blood Rain? Blood Rain. <laughs> yeah, the Third Reich. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, about two months ago, I, I decided I would watch a documentary about Nazi exploitation, which I don't think I mentioned on the show. Because I'm like, what's going on in that that subgenre? What is up with that? And I don't know that I know much more about it, having watched the documentary, other than a lot of people making the movies took them very seriously, especially the Italian filmmakers. They're like, no, what we're doing is very important here. Really? <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe I'm misremembering that, but it seemed like they, they weren't like, oh, we were just messing around. We just wanted to put boobs in Nazi uniforms. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I feel like that's a very Italian thing to, you know, talk it up big and you're making real yeah. art. But yeah, it's just boobs and Nazis. Some dirty old man smoking a cigarette telling you how sincere it was that what they made. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, it's you like, know. no, you're lying to us. You're like, no. <clears throat> the Italians have this thing, it means brothers, I think it's Fellini. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, when a movie's popular, all the directors are told, make this movie again. So oh. So then you get like 200 movies just like that one. Yeah. And mm. Nazi exploitation, they, they didn't make that many. It was very brief for an Italian Fellini burst. Like a couple of years. Yeah, it was like 76, 77 was the big... Was the, the boom. Yeah, and then it, it ended really quickly. Yeah, that's like the Ilsa movies and everything. Yeah. She-Wolf of the I SS. I guess it's because it was offensive? Um, Maybe a little? Just wasn't that popular. No. I can't imagine Italians stopping something because it was offensive. <laughs> That's not their style. No, I I didn't mean they were stopping. It was offensive. I was just trying to reason out why Nazi exploitation became a thing at all. And I guess because it was an offensive thing you could do. It's it's one of those weird 
uh, exploitation cinema sub sub genres which came about because there had been popular movies coming out from the art cinema like movies about encountering uh, I'm, I'm blanking on all names now but sure. like uh, The Night Porter and stuff like that where there were art movie art house hits but there was enough titillation and ah. just uh, sick stuff in it that people went to see them um, and then that kind of joined up with in, in the 70s just trying to find something that was like really salacious and horrible and that that's what offensive. i was kind of so thinking of, yeah. is one of those that came out of that it also was it did a lot of money yeah i know um if you think about the the most profit most profitable movies of all time not in terms of how much money they made but how much they made compared to how much they cost yeah they are not you know tasteful movies that deep throat yeah <laughs> yeah uh, night of the living dead i forget what the other one is but um these are movies that made over a hundred times what they cost yeah which when it comes down to it you know when you're just counting the money at the end of it they're going to want to do that again yeah 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 so have you have you actually seen Nazi <clears throat> exploitation films i've only seen clips of the films from the documentary. Um, I haven't sat and watched one start to finish. No. I've seen some of the art cinema ones and I've seen some of the Italian ones. And uh, on paper, you think this is going to be the most appalling thing ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but because they're so ineptly done. <laughs> then they're funny. Yeah, <laughs> actually it, it sounds horrible to say because like it's a concentration camp and with sex and stuff. You know that you can't get any worse, but you actually watch them and they're they're just so stupid, mm. um, badly done, and yeah. And you watched like something like Beast and Heat, and there's certain scenes in that, and you're like, this is like, I can hear the bottom of the barrel being scraped. <laughs> <laughs> scraped the bottom, they yeah, this, turned this it like over. Human, they're digging below it. Millions <clears throat> of years of evolution have led to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, oh yeah i watched something like that and i'm like <laughs> movies need to be regulated heavily <laughs> there should be testing for you shouldn't have to you know submit a script and wait seven months before shooting it <laughs> yeah like a cooling off period yeah exactly maybe you'll decide that you know you're just a little excited yeah. we need to let you calm down a little before we let you make a movie yeah, did we really want to make a Nazi exploitation movie? Mm, I don't think so. Well, we've we've watched Dead Snow and things not, like that. Not, that's not Nazi exploitation. That's not, not Nazi exploitation. It, not. I don't mind a movie where Nazis get it. No, obviously. Right. But uh, yeah, movies that contain Nazis aren't necessarily Nazi exploitation. But um, but with that in mind, I watched Blood Rain: The Third Reich, and this is a sexy half vampire who fights the nazis she's sort of like blade is this a danzig movie by any chance it's funny you should ask i was watching this thinking this is the movie danzig wanted to make you know he wants this but he's this isn't great but he didn't make anything near this good but um i'll I'll, wow i'll give you the (laughs) I'll give you the basic... uh, What a high bar. The basic plot here. Rain fights against the Nazis in Europe during World War II with the French resistance, encountering Commander Eckhart Brand, 
a Nazi leader whose goal is to inject Adolf Hitler with Reign's blood in, in an attempt to transform him into an all-powerful Dempfir uh, and attain immortality. And that is a Balkans um, folklore, like half vampire, half human. Yeah, it's so a living vampire. A, a daywalker. Were these yeah. uh, Uwe Boll movies? Hmm? Uwe Boll. Um, yes. Made- don't know that. Is that the director? Um, let me see. He made a um, bunch of video games. Oh, yeah, you're right. That is. Yeah. Oh, he's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's really bad. I watched, oh, God, was I went it to see Ultraviolet? <clears throat> I went to see House of the Dead. What was his zombie video game yeah. one? Yeah, let's see. I'll click on this. Uh, uh, yeah, it was me, just awful. I can't down. remember. Yeah, I watched one with Mila Jojovich or whatever. Yeah, that was Ultraviolet, huh? Ultraviolet and... Um, let's see. It was like watching a somebody play a video game, yes. and you never got a chance to, you know, <laughs> even try. Uh, let's see. I can't scroll far enough down here to get to. There we go. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Film. Where's video games? It's it's a film. Oh, okay. He just made a lot of films based on video games. Oh, okay. So he didn't actually make the video games? No, no, no. no. He's just an inept filmmaker. Oh, I was going to say you could skip the whole step, right? Yeah. No, uh, he's he's not making video games. Well, this is one of those movies that it's trying to be something like Blade. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they're trying to sex it up for you. And, and it's Sounds just... It's more like Underworld. It's kind of like Underworld with more nudity. And fewer werewolves. <laughs> so, what's the downside? <laughs> I didn't really have one. I, I was entertained. Everything sounds great. Yeah, you should put that on a poster. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like Underworld, but fewer vam- fewer werewolves. More sex and fewer werewolves. That sounds perfect. What else do you want? You know, you know a, a, a man who basically stopped developing at... 15 years old, uh, emotionally, uh, made this movie. And, a man. Yeah, yeah. All right. So enjoy. A man. Yeah. Just yeah. a man. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know why I'm using extra words there. We should probably talk about. I think a lot of great filmmakers are stunted at about 14 or 15. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy their movies. I do too. Yeah. I wouldn't want to hang out with them, but I'll, I'll watch the hell out of their movies. So how about the, um, the brand new 2022 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <sighs> Do we have to call this Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022? <clears throat> Is that the convention? Call uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1997. 1997, yes. Yeah. 2022. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Joel, all, all movies will just now be dates. Yeah, we have to throw the date at the end. Um, so, Jolien, you picked this one randomly without having seen it. No, uh, he had no, seen no, it. Seen you it. had seen it. And I knew we could all see it because he it was had... on that channel that we'll all lose, surely. Well, yeah, if they mess with us, we will shut them down. Um, I was entertained by it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that up front. Uh, at the same time, I'm going to say, I know it's not good in the ways you want it to be good, the ways you thought the original 1974 no. movie was good. But none of them are. That's, well, that's true. Uh, what was the other one? 2003? Was that? 1997. 1997. The one with, uh, what's her face in it? Yeah, 1997. Really? Is that when it was from? No. No. 
it was from 2003, oh. but 1997 oh. is the date we get everyone. Oh, okay. Yes, I missed my own joke there. Um, <laughs> it's like... It's all right. Yeah, all right. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, so so this one, um, we were all able to watch it, therefore we did. Mm, yeah. Listeners, thanks for listening. <laughs> all right. Good show. <laughs> Recommends? Yeah, I'd rather see the documentary about it. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> No, Will, you watched this today. I watched this today, this afternoon. I did some some scene selection rewatch today, probably the first 25 minutes of the movie, and then some other scenes throughout. And uh, what what did you think? Were you kind of on board at first, or did you know this was bullshit? Uh, I I gave it a fair shot. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you always watch you always watch films fairly. I, I will watch a film fairly. I will give it an undivided attention for 90 minutes. Um, this was 81 minutes. Yeah, so it was great. Could have been nine minutes better. Uh, <laughs> there is a scene at the very end, if, if anybody watched all the way through the credits, mm-hmm. oh, where uh, Leatherface goes to his mailbox, <laughs> gets some fan mail. <laughs> And then shuffles on home. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I was on board at the beginning, but at some point it just felt so, and this sounds bizarre saying for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, but it felt so gratuitous and too slick, if anything. Yeah. And I felt very much that it was Halloween 2018. Mm. Halloween 2.3, whatever the fuck we call that thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, for all the gore and everything, it just, I was bored. And I know people have made a big deal about the fact that the kids are buying the town. Mm-hmm. Um, that <clears throat> seems so incidental. I don't even know what to say about it. Yeah, is there supposed to be some some big um, moral to this story about uh, gentrification? Yeah, they're, they're called gen- They're called that, but then, I mean... Yeah, someone straight up calls them the gentry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what they were trying to say with that. Most um, of these, these series is um, like city kids running into country yeah, folk. Yeah, true. Um... I just felt like it was a a uh, sort of uh, pointless uh, concept in the in the in the script. Yeah. They could have just been a busload of kids going to South by Southwest that happened to stop in Harlow. Yeah, and then finds out that the town's full of cannibals. They're trying to they're, or something. They're trying to buy some good and plenties, and yeah, um, the bus won't start. I just have to say, after Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, the greatest horror sequel of all time, Mm -hmm. why would you even try? Dennis Hopper's dead. Nobody can recreate that role at the end (laughs) where he's got two chainsaws. It's... Yeah. uh, I liked in this movie how the chainsaw was silent at times. Mm -hmm. So he could sneak up on people. Other times it made a lot of noise. Yeah. Yeah. Cuts the bus driver's head off. No sound at all. 
then the head falls down, you know, flies under the bus. What? What's going on there? Yeah, how the uh, chainsaw could stop running when he's when he's dropped it, or he can wind it up and throw it at, uh-huh. at someone's feet. Yeah, and it goes zinging around, spiraling across the floor, running. Yeah, although that just did not go <clears throat> down. It didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't meant to cut her ankles or whatever. Which I thought it—that's where they were going with that. So did I. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just felt. Sad to say, boring. No, I'm just, I don't know, gotten so, too blasé. There was a good decapitation at the end of this film, and I yawned. Yeah. So. <laughs> the character you wanted to watch decapitated. Yeah, at some point. Well, a lot of people don't like this this character, Melody. Um, she reminded me of Adrienne Barbeau, so she was all right in my book. Okay. Um, she had big eyebrows. Yeah. And, yeah, they didn't like tame her eyebrows for no, no good reason. Just let her have her actual eyebrows. Yeah. Um, this one takes place fifty years after the original, and I did appreciate John Larroquette saying, "All right, I'll I'll narrate this thing for you." That was his. Oh, was that him? That yeah. was him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. Dan Fielding for anyone who likes Night Court. Yeah. Which was weird when I found that out. Like this sitcom Night Court had been on TV for a while, and then someone was like. Oh, yeah, that's John Larroquette that did Texas Chainsaw. And I'm like, oh, watch that again. That sure is him. Um, so so 50 years after the original, um, we're to believe that, um, that this bunch of hipster gentry show up to buy this town and turn it into a mecca for people who want to go get some hipster stuff on them. This town is called Hollow. Yeah. Population... 1,974, it says in the sign. Ah, nice. Catch that. I did did not. In Hooper County. I did catch Hooper County. I did not catch that either. So, Toby Hooper. Um, I I don't know that I buy that these people from, they're supposed to be from Austin, right? Mm -hmm. Which is sort of the, the hip, unusual enclave of liberalism in Texas. And I think San Antonio is a distant second. Um, they're going to just roll into this town wherever it's supposed to be and uh, turn it into uh, a mecca for all of the hipsters that want to go get the gourmet food and maybe go to a comic book store or mm-hmm. whatever else they're going to do there. And they literally say that. Yeah, an art shop and a comic book store. Yeah. So that's a f- couple fancy restaurants. Big risk, isn't it? Which I thought would play into the whole cannibalism thing, but then they never did anything with it. They don't feel like they're people playing with their own money. They they feel like people are just inherited. Oh, probably. Well, they had a busload of investors, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, but they, they all feel like people who've never worked for <clears throat> Yeah. they have. Yeah, because you, you think more about it before you make a foolish venture like this. So the premise is not super believable, but it's believable. People like that around, but well, it does. Happen. I didn't. I didn't care that it was believable or not. I just they didn't do anything with it. I think if you're going to suggest it, if you're going to have Chekhov's investors yeah. in the first <laughs> act, mm-hmm. it better pay off in the third act. 
But I think when does, they finally it does, invest, it does critique them because you have the the locals saying oh, they're like gentrifiers. You know, you have this fear of people buying up your neighborhood and kicking you out. And they, they actually but no, do end up killing one of the residents. They do, but they don't. There's nothing clever with that. That's. I mean. Yeah, it's just it's it's nothing new. Why why were they buying this town? Why? And I don't mean why in the story, but why did the writers make them? Buy the town. Buy the whole town up. Yeah. You know, why couldn't they just break down there again? Or mm. what were they doing? What were they trying to say beyond their gentrifiers? Right. Because the town is pretty much empty. It's, a, yeah. You know, the... if, it was, if it was more like they were coming in and they were forcing people out because they were going to bulldoze Harlow yeah. and build, you know, some giant resort because it's, you know it's only half an hour away from Austin or it's an hour away from Austin. Not again, seven hours, seven hours yeah. drive from anywhere. Where the hell are they in <laughs> Texas? Right. It's a big state. It takes all day to drive across it pretty much, right. but seven hours, you're going to be in the Pacific ocean. You're going to be somewhere. Right. Um, so why, yeah, why wouldn't, why wasn't, I didn't feel like their gentrification was, portrayed as enough of enough of a threat to the to the place and they came in and they yeah they threatened leatherface's mom or caretaker caretaker adopted mom whatever um but that seemed you know like that didn't really they could have just oh we bought their house you know we were kicking them out yeah rather than uh like then this contrived sort of we're buying the whole town now, if you had done something with buying the whole town, you know, I, and I don't know what, because I'm not writing this movie for them. They barely wrote it, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, where what has Leatherface been doing for 50 years? Um, has mac- he just been hanging out at the orphanage? Doing macaroni art? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I gotta you wonder. Know, where was the rest of the family? If this is supposed to be a sequel. Right. You know, it's just like we we, we didn't see anybody else. I mean, because that was kind of the... Leatherface wasn't the only killer in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You had a whole family of nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, (laughs) that was part of the scary bit was, you know, it's not just Leatherface. It's his whole clan of psychos yeah you you did know that there was a possibility that it's the whole town not just this household it could be the whole town for all we know the guy at the gas station might be in on it the guy at uh you know yeah the the grocery store might be in on it everyone might be in on it everyone you see might be in on it there's a twist you could have had where somebody in the town is trying to entice these investors uh to buy up the town, but really they're bringing people in with money so they can kill them, steal the money, and then eat them. <laughs> I like that idea. You know, then you have it's something all about consumerism. Yeah, and you make something about <laughs> consumerism and how man's the real monster. It's all about Will writing a better movie while we sit here. Yes. <laughs> 
I like. I think I've just seen too many movies. Maybe. Um, the okay. I was still on board uh, giving this movie a shot when. Uh, uh, what does the woman say? Call an ambulance, and the cops are like, "We are the ambulance," mm. and they load the the woman and Leatherface into the back of a van with her oxygen, uh-huh. and, and they're going to go to whatever you know, serves as a hospital in this area. And, uh, they have an accident and, um, the old woman does not survive. And of course, Leatherface makes his best efforts to save her life by shaking the oxygen tank and cramming the oxygen (laughs) mask on her face over and over. Uh, she dies. Um, he freaks out. There was a pretty original kill that he did with that, Act, Deputy actor named Jolion. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. uh, you don't want a compound fracture, which is then stabbed into your neck, do you? Uh, How no. did his arm break like that? Well, that's a good question. His his shoulder didn't move. All yeah. of a sudden, his arm was so rigid you could break it at the forearm. Yeah. Mm, he did it with. It's, it's very dry climate. Yeah. Oh, it is a dry climate. So okay. Yeah. yeah. Everything like candling, you know, everything's more brittle. Yeah. Yeah. Leatherface breaks this guy's forearm in half and then stabs the jagged bone into the the cop's neck who is bleeding out and then tries to draw his pistol on Leatherface who slams the hand against the ceiling of the car, which the gun fires and shoots the driver, the sheriff or whomever is driving, um, other cop. Sheriff, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the sheriff. Played who, play by the guy from Aliens. Yes. The, the short-lived sheriff uh, gets shot somewhere that he seems dead. And the poor woman from the group of friends is in the front passenger seat. Did she even get a name? No. I, I, re- she didn't even get a name because of the closed <laughs> captioning just referred to her as Andre's partner. Oh. Wasn't it Sally? Is that a different character? No, Sally's Sally is the survivor. The survivor. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. This. Uh, yeah. What, what do we call this woman? Anyway, Andre's partner. Andre's partner. Well, yeah. She's. Isn't it Dante? Um, Dante's the guy who. Oh, Dante. Yeah, that was it. Dante, not Andre. Things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she's maybe gonna escape. And, of course, doesn't because she's incapable of undoing a seatbelt and running like hell through the field of dried up sunflowers. That was quite a tense scene the first time I saw it. it yeah. And some of those shots in the, in the field, beautiful. Like, uh, I love the one where um, Sally Hardesty turns up and you've got the, the lights from her vehicle going through mm-hmm. the field and she's standing in the lights. But it's a really nice shot. And they're good locations. I, I don't know what the filming locations were, but... Bulgaria, mostly, I think. Oh, jeez. Because Texas is too expensive to film in. The previous uh, TCM was in um, Bulgaria. So yeah. weird. Leatherface. Why do we do this? Cheaper. I do guess Do you want to so. film in Texas? Got <laughs> to fly all the equipment and all the actors to Bulgaria and put them up in hotels. I and think they just fly the actors over there and hire out the equipment. Well, yeah. A lot of Bulgarian names in the credits. Yeah, I I'm didn't. Guessing they're Bulgarian, I don't know that for sure. So, 
Um, when letter Letterface <laughs> Leatherface popped up in the sunflower field, I laughed. <laughs> and that's what they used for the uh, the title card art on yeah. Netflix. He's like frolicking in the dried up sunflowers. I know, like a happy puppy dog. Yeah. Oh, that was so weird. I don't know why they chose that. But that was a lot of tension. That scene had some pretty good suspense. Like, you want this woman to survive. Yes. At least to, to make a run for it. But she doesn't even get a chance. Did the sheriff not have a gun on him? I think he was so injured that he... But she can't get to his gun? She should have. Yeah. Reach over and unsnap that revolver and... I want one of these movies to, to do, be like... To do smart stuff? Well, not to de- necessarily do smart stuff, but because they're Americans, they're all really proficient with firearms. Don't, don't think... explain it. Don't have any backstory. Just be like, yeah, they're American. Of course they know how to fire a nine millimeter. It seems like that happens in a lot of movies where somebody who's like, duh, I've never touched a gun. All of a sudden they're like, you know, popping clips in and out of the guns and, mm. you know, firing two guns at once. And It's not real difficult, though. It is Basically, point and click. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but you got to know something about how to. Yeah. Know. Point that end at whatever you want to stop moving yeah. and pull the trigger. Point the shooty end. Point the shooty end, you know. Power is what comes out of the end of that. Yeah. Just don't <laughs> hold it backward. Yeah. <laughs> um, where did it start to fall apart for you? Um,. Because it was so far so good I, on this I, part. Yeah, I like the I like the 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 wreck and and the poor girl with no name. Um, that was that was fairly tense. I think it fell apart after that. It just felt like I don't know. You could kind of tell where it was gonna go. It didn't I don't know. It wasn't doing much for me after that. Jolene, did you find it predictable after this particular scene? Uh, well, being a, uh, someone who enjoys a lot of terrible films, <laughs> I I really enjoyed this uh, up until Sally Hardesty corners Leatherface with a shotgun. And mm-hmm. doesn't shoot him. Doesn't shoot him. She's yeah. been hunting him for 50 years. Yeah, and she... And She's I, a badass ranger. You know, she, she, so she's... They kind of turn her into Laurie Strode. Uh-huh. She's, uh huh. She's stuck in this moment, like the Polaroid photo mm-hmm. from all those years before. She's stuck in that moment. She needs to move on, but she can't. And she finally corners him, and she needs to him to know who she is and who, what he did to her mm-hmm. and her friends. And and uh, but um, uh, you know, you know, you're just like shoot him, shoot him. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, she doesn't. She doesn't. And then she gets literally thrown away. Yeah. Into a into a bunch of trash bags. Oh, so crazy. Um now given that, that the the main characters we that we start with aren't very noble or average or necessarily likable, um there, there was supposed to be some sort of a, a kind and sweet relationship between uh, the sister characters, um, Melody uh, and uh, Leela. Um, 
is this girl supposed to be special needs or is she just really damaged from her trauma? She's traumatized from her school shooting. Yeah. Um, but she, but other than that, she should have normal functioning. Yeah. She's okay. normal. Yeah, she's c- just suffering from post-traumatic stress. Uh, Cause I was kind of wondering that like, were they trying to, you know, give us some clues that she was special needs or something, but, um, that wasn't the, that wasn't the no, case. No, I didn't get that at all. Just the trauma. Just the trauma. Okay, yeah. Which they they unfold that, you know, kind of quickly for you. They let you know. Uh, she she has kind of a interesting encounter with the redneck that they. St- this is such a movie trope where somebody has this interaction with somebody in traffic, and then later on, that's the person interviewing them for the job they badly need. <laughs> right. This is kind of that same trope. Yeah, the guy is yeah, Richter. Yeah, and the Richter is being a jerk, and then uh, that thing he does where he shifts gears and all the smoke comes out of the truck—they call that rolling coal yeah. on somebody. So he rolls coal on them, and later on, he's the guy they have to deal with, and uh, he's not too happy about it. But he says, "If you pay me, I don't care. I'll do whatever it is." I'm. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. He seems like he's just kind of. For Texas, probably not that out there. He's a decent guy, and he tries to help him out when it gets down to it. That's true. At first, you're not sure if he's just going to be a total jerk. But he does do that jerk move where he takes the uh, the keys away from them. Yeah. That's not really but his... They've, he's, he's so upset that they've they've killed this woman. Yeah, they yeah they upset her to the point where she and he's, he's the one who says um, when they're at the station the first encounter he says something like uh, the only way to deal with an invasive species is eradicate them oh yeah which is the whole which is what happens that's true so they have the, the party bus full of investors and uh, yeah they're they're basically there to get killed aren't they yeah they, they don't really serve any other purpose other than here's more of these jerks yeah is it is a bunch of uh, is a tin can full of jerks? Yeah, people with lots of money. Yeah, to, to dispose of. Um. So the rest of the movie is kind of a stalk and slash, isn't it? Yeah, I, I wonder. Uh, one of one of the um, <clears throat> things of this movie, I mean, is is part of the series in general. Is is uh, this movie especially? Uh, I don't know whose side it's on. Is it the? Yes. I mean, the rich kids are obnoxious, but the you know I like these. I like the, these. I mean, maybe because the cast is is good, but uh, the you know that they seem like they seem likable. Yeah, uh, they you know, but I I I couldn't get on with them as well as I could with the local people in this one. But then and then you look at the country folk and they're displayed you know as like a bunch of ignorant hayseeds who. Yeah, there's nobody to really root psych- for in psychotic this, is in the it? attic, you know. Well, yeah, they're they're pretty two-dimensional. Um our main characters, the three that survive the longest, um they they are likable enough to where you could say, well, you know, um Dante and Melody and Leela, the three that make it through most of the movie. Um they seem all right. They he's he's really driven to do his chef stuff and He's got this idea and he's going to use other people's money to do it. And these two are just kind of, well, one of them is along because she is kind of on board with it. And the other one is just like incidentally along because 
Well, uh, Melody's a chef as well. Okay, I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah they say at the beginning that like, oh, we're, we'll open our restaurants okay. first. Right. So she's a chef as well. She says it to the sheriff too or oh, okay. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he calls her a cook and she says, I'm a chef. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I didn't catch that. Uh, but then she kind of endears herself because she knows something about sunflowers. Oh. And they grow sunflowers there. Yeah, she, she had a grandmother in there. She area. had a grandmother yeah. who was, and I thought that would tie into something, but it never comes back up. So, hmm. and you were surprised. Well, they kind of um, were, they go through. They end up taking up guns, whereas they were completely averse to them at the start. Uh huh. And then uh, the the last one actually puts on a cowboy hat. Yeah. So they kind of uh, become locals. Yeah, they're kind of accepting some of their heritage. Yeah, okay. To a certain extent. Um, once again, they they promptly drop a gun and just they don't try it again. Uh-huh. And she gets the AR-15. Like, yes. Yeah, it didn't fire once. You could keep trying. Yeah. Check the safety or something. Yeah. Yeah, is there some way to chamber it or the safety? Yeah, there's got to be something. Yeah, it was kind of it was interesting though that um that uh, young Leela was was uh was like face to face with somebody who was obviously a gun enthusiast and ended up touching a gun which was uh, that would be tough for what she's been through. That was another thing that I felt like they brought it up but then it didn't do anything with it really. Yeah. Her past trauma of of uh, being in a school shooting. Right. You know. Um, they could have explored that and done something They could have done a little more with that. I, I get where they're going. Like, oh, okay, she picks up a gun at the end. But in that case, I think she should have been a little more fearful of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when Richter was showing it to her, like maybe she just left the room completely or something because she picks it up in that scene she's conquered her fear in my mind at least as far as a movie goes right um so when she picks it up at the end it doesn't really feel like she's accomplished anything more she never fires it or anything if she had done something in the school that perhaps she regretted in some way and then was able to sort of like a missed opportunity rectify it yeah maybe she could have done something to like she could have locked the door and the and the guy would have been locked and the shooter would have been locked in the library so something but she didn't because she was scared okay totally understandable but she feels deep regret over that now she has a chance to do it and she does overcome her fear when Leatherface is now, you know, in the role of the killer. So what is your consulting fee? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's free if you make it 90 minutes mm-hmm. or less. You go 91 minutes. It's 91 on, minutes. It's a thousand bucks. Okay. thousand bucks rate? a minute. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's these things that you feel like they're kind of, screenwriting 101 and i don't know if maybe because people have seen too many movies you just shorthand all that away i don't know i suppose that is possible 
Um, what about the look of the film? I thought it looked okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a bit too slick, if anything. I, I yeah, I, I liked the look of it. It it did feel like there was some slickness in a lot of places, but the, but there were some nice. Um, like, there's some good. I, I like that that scene in the field at night. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I thought the shot that chainsaw going through the floor when she's hiding in the sub that was good sub yeah basement was really yeah good. in the the old house definitely felt like a dusty creepy old house yeah. it did that did not feel like they built a set i don't know if they did or didn't but that it looks like a standing set left over from other yeah films. like they let it get dusty and dirty so it's legitimately dusty and dirty instead yeah of, i noticed there's like there seemed to be an old guy in a seat up in the attic or something in that house. I wonder if it's grandpa. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't Mummified see that. Grandpa. Was that a reference to grandpa? It, I, yeah, I wonder. That would be interesting. Just in one shot, very briefly. Hmm. Um, Did you notice that Virginia says, um, uh, if I'd known you were coming out, I'd put my face on? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was good. I did like that. I was like, okay, maybe this Did you recognize her? Good. No, I didn't. Alice Krieg. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, that... Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, Marilyn Burns was the original. Uh-huh. Um, She's the Sally. original Sally. Yeah. yeah. And she died, what, six Not, or eight years ago? Yeah, about ten years ago, was it? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, here, hold on a sec. Um, 2014. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we couldn't... You're right. Yeah, so we couldn't have her in this movie, but um, it's it's kind. Of, I mean, I do feel like they're you know like they did their homework in some areas, and then just took liberties in other areas. Um, uh, you know, like Leatherface at the at the site of the accident. It's like, what is he doing over here? And he's making himself a new mask. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so we're. They don't exactly show it. It's it's kind of happening off camera, but then when you see him hold it up to the sun, you know, it's like, okay, there's a, kind of enough gore there, but um, not that they're being shy about the gore because we already had the the deputy, you know, get stabbed by his own arm. Um, but but they, they did seem like they, uh, you know, they knew some of the moves to give Leatherface, you know, the spinning chainsaw dance kind yes. of move. We did get some of that. Don't I don't know how to feel about the decapitation at the end or the beheading. I should call it what it is. It's a beheading at the end. I I kind of want to say that was badass. That was really cool. But was that too easy? Was that too easy of an ending? I mean, should shouldn't he have had to work the, for it a little more? I thought the uh, autopilot car was a. A bit much. That was weird because that we're supposed to get the same vibe as as uh, as our original character in the 1974 movie in the back of a pickup screaming, "Someone else is driving." We're supposed to get that same kind of feel from it, I suppose. Uh, because again, I feel like they kind of did their homework and said we need to give the fans some of this stuff that they're yeah used to from these movies, but. Um, I think it just needed better writing and then the slickness wouldn't be a problem. No. You know, cause you know, if, if the stuff doesn't feel like a normal cinematic. Although 
and perhaps it's because I saw the original, you know, years and years ago. I was a lot younger. Um, that movie grossed me out when I first saw mm-hmm. it. And this, I don't know, I'm just blasé now. I felt like it was over the top and gore and yet didn't achieve one-tenth of the sort of creepiness that the original had. Right. You know, um, I almost feel like, and again, I don't want to fix people's movies, but it'd be interesting to see an edit where you cut out most of the gore and just imply it like the original, you know, and, uh, and see how, see if it would work better. Well, and would people notice? Yeah. Is a good question because people swear they've seen things they haven't seen happen on screen. Uh Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, yeah, we, we have a, uh, kind of a wholesale slaughter of a bus full of uh, an actual massacre. Yeah. An actual massacre using an actual chainsaw. Mm -hmm. In Texas. Wow. Okay. It it does tick all the boxes, doesn't it? Because in the, in the original one, there wasn't really a massacre. Nope. It, which at least. What, kills, what kills is one a, person with a chainsaw? In the... What is a massacre though? How many do you have to kill for it to be a massacre? Yeah. Does it have to. Mass shooting is three and up. Okay. So a chainsaw massacre, you'd have to have at least three victims, you'd say? I'd say so. Okay. Yeah. As it, long it, as we get these nailed down, I want these <laughs> rules in writing. For future, future, future massacre massacres, uh, well, you know, entries in this franchise. And, and, you know, you do want it to probably be five to seven killings to make sure that in case somebody survives, you don't want to just get three and then find out in the sequel that, oh, this one's on life support. And then they came out of their coma and well, then technically it wasn't a massacre at all. Yeah, we're going to have to put an asterisk next to this entry. Yes, three points establish a plane. But I think, you know, if you kill three with a chainsaw and then the other, say, four people with other implements. Meat hooks. It's still a chainsaw massacre. Was there a chainsaw present in the room? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Was Was it used to kill anybody? Yes, okay. So disco party bus, chainsaw massacre. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, was Jolene? Was it satisfying to uh, to kind of put together all the parts that did work? I mean, w- we agree we were entertained, but um, yeah, I probably won't watch this again. Okay, <laughs> I guess that would have been a better I, question. I enjoyed it, but yeah, you you yeah you were entertained, you enjoyed it, but would you watch it again? Nah. No, okay. I think you had mentioned when you watched it that it did what Halloween 2018 did, but all in one movie. Yeah, with the Laurie character. Yes, and I, I felt that, and I agree that, you know, one one and done is, yeah. is enough. She didn't need to come back, and we have chainsaw kills or whatever it would be called. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kills or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, but I'm still I'm still bummed out. Where what was Leatherface doing for fifty years? Macaroni art. Yeah. Also, did at the very end they go into the theater, the Sagebrush Theater? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
there's a light shining from the from somewhere. What is that light? It looks like sunlight, but when they go in, it's dark out. Hmm. They come out at the end, and the sun's coming up. So what is that light? Was it the projector? What is that light? That's a good question. I think it's bad editing. It could be. It's the only answer. <laughs> did they did they put a fan in front of the light so it looked like a... Like, they should have, yeah. if they were smart. Then make sure that it's in the shot. Uh-huh, and then, yeah, make sure, you know. Yeah. Um, so is this the kind of movie where, you know, like maybe you're on a first date, you watch this or, oh, better yet, maybe you're on like a third or fourth date doing third or fourth date stuff and you're watching this. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> <laughs> this is a date movie. This is, if it's at a drive-in, yes. Okay. Or I guess how much you don't want to watch the movie yeah. and you're willing to do in the theater. <laughs> yeah, and you're kind of laughing at the gore, but you're having a good time. This one would be fun at a festival or just <clears throat> a bunch of people watching it together. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, like, uh, regarding the cinema, which is showing um, Werewolves of the Alamo 2, by the way, <laughs> um, there's this pit full of water. Uh-huh. And this, this town hasn't been abandoned that long. Yeah. But there's this swimming pool in in the in this floor. Yeah. Yeah, is where does that come from? Yeah, isn't it dry here? Shouldn't that just be pretty much dried up? It just made me think of Inferno. Oh yeah. You know, and that whole beginning in the swimming pool and beneath well, the that building. That makes no sense, but you're right. It okay. makes <laughs> no sense at all, but yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, this this film is not gonna make any sense yeah. from the get go. You know, it's not that kind of movie. It's not that kind of movie. I I, I respect it. a movie who, that does that. That's not. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I think people are very hung up on movies and stories being realistic, mm-hmm. and I think that misses a bit of the charm of knowing things aren't. Yeah. Real. Right. You know, and then you can you know you, you make up the details. You don't have to be, you know realistic oh that wouldn't happen in real life well yeah because it's a movie <laughs> well the uh, one of the reasons i enjoyed this one um was the previous one was just so bad and it was one of those movies that tried to explain things and go into the backstory of leatherface and his life at i was i was worried that this was going to do that yeah. despite my my questioning of what he's been doing for 50 years uh macaroni art may be the answer um, but we really don't want to know. But I, yeah, I don't want to know. I don't want to know why Leatherface wears a leather face. I just want him to wear a leather face if I'm going to watch him at all. Yeah. Um, I texted Richard while watching this that I was thinking of instituting a rule of no new entries in franchise movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just I can't think of any that, that really work. Yeah, one of the things I found disappointing was that he's he becomes an immortal by the end of it. He's he's just another masked killer. Uh huh. He's taken so many. He's he's been shot, punched, stabbed, chainsawed. Yeah. Yeah. He got two shotgun blasts. Drowned. And how did he stop the bus with a chainsaw? That is really mysterious. The bus just stops. The driver gets out. Yeah. And then somehow his. his Leatherface does this cushion shot with his head and zings off the door into the bus. Uh huh. Yeah, I just I couldn't figure out how he stopped it. Did he? Yeah. Cut it while it went by. That wouldn't stop a bus. Now, in the original 1974 movie, isn't he 
can't we assume he's at least 20 years old? Yeah, see, that's an, that's the that's the problem, like with Michael Myers, you know. Yeah, um, he's, he's at least I seventy. Don't, I don't want Leatherface to be an immortal killer that can take all damage, but I also don't want to think of him as a seventy-year-old man who's <laughs> stumbling around, unable to see. Although that may have been funny, because <laughs> he does shuffle at the end of the movie when he goes and checks his mail. So maybe mm-hmm. he was a real shuffly old man who, you know, yeah, only got kills because the kids were really stoned or really horny, like in the eighties. Now, since you're really in screenwriting mode tonight, Will, <laughs> uh, so. Um, so we see, um, we see Melody, uh, decapitated, well, beheaded and horrified Leela sticking out of the sunroof of the auto drive Wouldn't car. her body be decapitated though? So can't we say both? Yeah, we, I guess we could say that. Yeah. Now Not my, like her body disappeared. <laughs> well, my understanding is if it happens by accident, it's a decapitation. Oh. If someone does it to you on purpose, they- It's a beheading. It's a beheading. Okay. 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 Decapitation is like what happens in uh, The Omen. Yes. With the glass. Unless you want to say Satan beheaded him. Uh, true. <laughs> yes, Satan did have a hand in it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then you could say all decapitations are beheadings because Satan could have had a hand in it. Satan is everywhere, man. Um, so Satan is real. So what, what would you say it, it would be... Let's assume that there's a Texas Chainsaw 2022 part two. Okay. Uh, and it's going to pick up where this one left off. What what happens with Leela in the auto drive car? Screaming, driving away. We never see her again. She screams all the way back to Austin. Yeah, all the way back down to the street. <laughs> so it's just 90 minutes of her screaming all the way back to Austin. Uh-huh. But it's only an hour out. No, it's seven hours. It's seven hour drive. So they do little because it's a big circular road. Yeah, that goes around. The yeah, town. she's she's really hoarse by this time, so people are handing her drinks like on a marathon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some of them she drinks. She other goes, ones, thank she you. Splashes and get back to screaming. Yeah, it's some some she splashes on her face. Yeah, and yeah I guess maybe see that. it's a seven hour drive because the car doesn't go above fifteen. Oh, that could be it. You know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Man. I don't. I don't know what a sequel would do. I would hope there wouldn't be one. Um, in the beginning of the movie, was the guy at the little general store was was he failing at the job of being a harbinger? Shouldn't have he harbinged he really a little more? Should have. He supplies him with a corkscrew. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, that's Chekhov's corkscrew. That does turn up again. Yeah, but he doesn't say you'll regret it. Yeah, I yeah. thought he was going to he's going yeah. to do the crazy Ralph, but he doesn't. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, but that's he, fine. He failed to harbinge. Yeah, it's okay in the movie writing sense, but as a convenience store owner outside a haunted or evil town, you really do need to do your duty. It's incumbent upon you uh-huh. to say something. Yeah, it's one of the things they uh, they throw Sally away on is um, she's been living next door to Leatherface for 50 years. She's been hunting him. Yes. Hasn't checked out any of the local ghost towns or anything. No. No. Yeah. And the guy says, well, it's hard to catch him because you don't know what he looked like. He's wearing a mask. He's wearing a mask. Yeah. But, mm, 
Yeah. Um. So the sequel, they they probably um, him looking for his family and her unable to reconnect with hers. Ah, okay. I think she should show up at the end as you know a survivor to help out. Okay. Kind of like this one with Sally. So she she like educates the uh, the new batch of kids about Leatherface gun, gun safety. And... Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so this or is... you know we we always have Leatherface in the in the small town. Maybe we put him in the city. Maybe he takes Manhattan. There's an idea. <laughs> Space. Yeah. Well, that would be the, part uh, three. Yeah. Part, you know. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Leatherface in space. I tried to watch a movie. I didn't mention it in, uh, in recently watched, but I tried to watch some movie called Subspecies The Awakening just because it had the title The Awakening. Uh-huh. I believe it was part four, though, so it may have been part four or part five. I couldn't tell you. Mm. And if you want a movie that's like Underworld but without werewolves, <laughs> you got subspecies. Hmm. Well, all right. Which I think was Russian, <laughs> perhaps. Oh. I watched it without the sound because it was late, so. Yeah. It was a silent movie. You just read the subtitles. You know, you don't need all that pesky sound anyway. I don't need all that sound. Um, this is the part of the show where I normally ask you guys, do you recommend this? Will? Mm, it's going to be a real soft recommend. Okay. Um, Had enough good bits in it to... I think it had enough good bits to entertain a horror fan. Mm -hmm. If you're just a casual horror fan, I don't think I don't think it does enough for you know for a recommend. But I think if you are you know a a horror fan and you've got a Saturday afternoon to kill, you've got Netflix from your friend and they haven't charged <laughs> you extra for it yet, right? Or them. Yeah, I'd watch it. Cool. I won't watch it again. Yeah, I've already uh, watched most of it a second time. I, despite my my you know complaints about it on the show, I did think it did a more successful job of being a reboot sequel than Halloween twenty eighteen. Mm -hmm. um, high bar. It's a high <laughs> bar. Yeah, yeah, it's a real high bar. Um, yeah. So, soft recommend. Okay, Julian, what about yeah, you? Yeah, probably same here. See it with people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you had a, if you had friends who were really into horror movies, I could see this being fun. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Yeah, because a, a horror fan recommended it to me outside of you too, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think as a horror fan, it, it's it's all right. Yeah, anything that didn't quite land in this movie for me, um, I felt like, yeah, there's a lot of other movies where most of the movie doesn't land. And, and I kind of felt like the good bits in this one were connected, uh, you know, it was cohesive enough to where I could just say, all right, well, I'll forgive these little things. And, and I was entertained. And that's that's what I want from a movie. I wasn't bored. Uh, anything that was kind of eye-rolly or, or a little uh, contrived or tropey wasn't that much and it wasn't that bad uh, yeah like there's a scene where the uh kids on the bus all have their cell phones <laughs> and they're recording and that just felt so 
sort of trite. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, we've seen this gag. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're recording while you're getting murdered, that's, yeah, that, that's that's going to become a, a trope or a trite gag. I mean, it already is. It's found footage <laughs> yeah. movies, you know? We had to endure several years of those. Yeah. Yeah. Was, and yes, it was an endurance because it's it, not over. It doesn't make a lot of sense to keep recording. One of the commentators on the phone is Bad Hombre, which is one of the which is one of the production companies. Oh. Oh, okay, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, um I got to say that uh this one works to entertain and that is half the battle and so I would give it a soft recommend. I might watch it again. Um but I'll probably wait a while, you know, cause I watched it about three or four weeks ago and then I watched, uh, the first 25, 30 minutes of it. And then I did some scene selection further on, uh, you know, with, with time constraints, I was able to do that and say, all right, here's the stuff I wanted to see again. Uh, yeah, you could do worse for sure. Like the 2003 movie wasn't as, or the 1997. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of that. On the on the poster, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, twenty twenty two. You could do worse. <laughs> you could do worse. Hey, we've got popcorn. No, hey, we've went got st- popcorn. Went straight to Netflix, so no, wouldn't even say that. Hey, you've got popcorn. Hey, you've got popcorn. Yeah, you've got popcorn at home, right? You could do worse. Yeah, sit down. You can always shot it off. <laughs> yeah, that's a good tag. Hey, if you like it, we're okay with that. So Seen Emily in Paris, watch this. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. So so we're we're going to uh, we're going to skip next week. Jolien's got uh, a Comic Con to go to, and make an appearance. So uh, where where at? Uh, Loveland. Oh okay. Yeah. So um, let's uh, let's reconvene. It, it's this abandoned town which a bunch of my friends have bought up. <laughs> we're going to have a Comic Con. All right. Well, that's a good idea. Sounds like a really good idea. How are, how are you getting there? You're taking it's a, a, bus. a yeah. Does it have neon lights and it's music? Got lots of uh, vodka and blinky lights. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Did you get rid of the old lady that lives in the house? Oh, we'll, we'll do that when we get there. Okay. What could go wrong? I'm sure she'll just go quietly. <laughs> Especially if she can't breathe. Yeah. When we come back. Uh, Will, um, have you picked anything? I have. What do you, what did you pick? Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley, the original or no, the new one? the new one. Okay, the new Nightmare Alley. We can Alley. watch both of them if you want. Oh, well, I might anyway, because I did watch the oh, original. I love the original. The original is fantastic, yeah. so. I watched it in the last six months at some point in time, and it, it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I will watch that and be ready in two weeks when we're back. Um, and after that. I want to give everyone warning because it is a little bit longer of a movie and it's uh, Rosemary's Baby anyway. Uh, the original from... Uh, is there a remake? There's a sequel. To well, I know there's a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like whatever happened to Rosemary's Baby. Isn't, didn't they... I've not seen it. Didn't they it. threaten to make an, uh, a remake and maybe, maybe, oh, they, yeah. maybe they didn't? I assumed they did. No, I don't believe they ever made one. Whatever. But I'm sure somebody... Whatever happened to Rosemary's Baby? It's like a five-minute short that's like, it's the devil. What do you think happened? It's the Omen too. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. The Awakening. <laughs> All right. Search for Curly's Gold. <laughs> Don't.
Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Book of Shadows. <laughs> uh, did you say The Awakening already? <laughs> I did. Okay. And that's followed by The Reckoning. The Reckoning. That's how it goes. Yes. Uh, First movie, no subtitle. Second movie, subtitle is The Awakening. The third movie, the subtitle is The Reckoning. Maybe with our with our week off, I can fix the uh, Wheel of Fortune so we can spin for it. Oh, okay. We'll just put all of those on a wheel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll be great. So, yeah, I have I have a Wheel of Fortune that needs so a repair. Join us next time for a screenwriting masterclass. With, <laughs> yeah. With Will. Hey, you fixed that movie in a single conversation. <laughs> uh, it's not hard if you've watched more than three movies. Right? Well, shall we call it a show? It's a show. It's a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. Stay out of Harlow. <laughs>